0: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and this is the Sunday Roundup. This week, the politics shows are focused on the economy, as Chancellor Jeremy Hunt prepares to make his autumn statement on Wednesday. Hunt has signalled he may deliver tax cuts after all and said everything is on the table. Laura Koonsberg pointed out that the tax burden is at an all-time high, despite the Conservatives being in power for 13 years, and asked if Hunt regretted the situation. Hunt admitted he'd been forced to make difficult decisions because of the pandemic and subsequent high inflation, and said he believed lower taxes were essential for dynamic, thriving economies. You haven't changed the level
1: at which people start paying more tax, the tax bans. Look at this, more than 1.6 million more people, including maybe senior teachers or senior nurses, are now in the higher rate of income tax. And more than two million people have started paying basic rate tax who weren't paying it. That is massive. And it was a Conservative government that's done it.
2: Well, I don't pretend that a year ago, Laura, I did have to take very difficult decisions, difficult decisions particularly for a Conservative Chancellor. Um, And what I will say is that there is a difference between me and Rachel Reeves, who you'll be talking to later, because I do believe lower taxes are essential to a dynamic thriving economy and I do want us to go on the path of lower taxes why is that because if you look around the world the most dynamic thriving energetic economies are in North America and Asia and not in Conservative Europe.
1: Conservative chancellors have been saying they quite fancy the idea of low taxes for years and you are presiding over an economy where taxes at its highest level ever And ordinary working people are paying more and more and more income tax. Do you regret that situation? And do you think anyone who voted for you in 2019 expected there was going to be this additional £50 billion of tax rises that were put on them, some people would argue, kind of by stealth?
2: Well, in 2019, no-one expected a -a once-in-a-century pandemic or an energy shock like we had in the 1970s And we've reacted to that. And and I don't pretend that I didn't have to take very difficult decisions, but because I took that, that is one of the reasons that we've been able to get inflation down.
0: Hunt refused to confirm any details on which tax cuts may be happening. But he did talk about the benefits cuts he announced this week. Trevor Phillips questioned him on his party's employment record, with fewer people at work now than in 2019. Hunt argued the pandemic was to blame and said that unemployment was down from its level in 2010. The Chancellor said it was wrong that half a million people sign on to benefits each year without needing to look for jobs and said the government would invest money into mental health support to help people back to work. Phillips drew attention to the other side of the policy. Those who don't find work might have their benefits taken away.
3: We can see how many people have, uh, are, are employed uh, relative to December 2019 when you came into office there are about 200,000 people less in work than when you came into office after these six programmes. What's, what's new about this one that's going to change? It's quite interesting, Trevor. Um, that
2: you, I know, uh, you're, you're going yeah, to tell, yeah. yeah,
3: tell me COVID. You're going know, to tell me COVID. I know that. No, hang on, hang on. Let
2: me let me <laughs> answer the question. You rather conveniently didn't mention that there was the once-in-a-century pandemic, and actually that the trend yeah. line is going up. Oh, there's right, well, ups and downs again. But let me tell you what's actually happened. Let because me tell you something no, no, we okay, you, you might not tell me know. Things, you is, tell me things, and I'll tell you <laughs> things. How about which, it, which, which
3: is that even if we take COVID into account, actually, you'd have, probably have a couple of hundred thousand people more in work. But the point is. You've had these six programmes in four years, haven't made any difference. What's
2: going to be different about this one? Well, I I just profoundly disagree. If you look at the bigger record since 2010, unemployment is down by nearly a million people. We have succeeded in getting people back to work. But as we stand right now, after that once-in-a-century pandemic, we have a situation where every year... We are signing off over half a million people onto benefits because of a, a sickness or disability um, and saying they don't even have to look for work, even though many of them would like to work. Now, in an economy, and I'm Chancellor, where you have nearly a million vacancies, that is wrong. But I also think but it's wrong for the individuals concerned. Much better. Let me finish. Uh, no, no, you point. need to let me we explain. No, you point, need to let me completely. explain, because you've you've asked me about these programs. Let me explain what I announced with Mel Stride this week. Uh, we are going to spend £2.5 billion helping more than a million people with things like mental health support to help them get back into work. We think that is good for the economy, but also good for them. But you're also telling them
3: that if they don't get a job, then actually you're going to withdraw benefits from them. So there's a lot of stick here
2: as well as this carrot. Well, for people who aren't ill or don't have a disability, there's about 300,000 people who've been out of work for more than a year without any illness or any disability. Uh, We think it is fair to say, if you're not engaging with this process at all, if you don't engage for six months, we're gonna close your case and stop your benefit. And I think taxpayers would expect nothing less.
0: In response to the government's benefits cuts, Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves suggested to Koonsberg that if the government was serious about getting people back to work, they needed to fix the NHS. She said people were desperate to improve their lives, but were unable to for health reasons. Reeves also mentioned the plight of many people who are already in work and claim benefits too, but still struggle to pay their rent or buy food. She confirmed that Labour would raise benefits in line with September inflation levels as usual, unlike Hunt, who has implied the government might use the more recent lower figure.
4: We're the only G7 economy that has fewer people participating in the labour market now than before the pandemic. The reason for that is our NHS is not functioning properly after 13 years of Conservative government. But you're
1: an experienced politician, you've been a constituency MP for a long time, dealing with all sorts of casework and th- people's lives. Is it your personal belief that there are people who play the system, to use your phrase? Do you think that happens, however small the group no, is? be? It's my
4: personal belief that people are desperate to improve the lives of them and their families. That there are too many people who come to see me at my surgeries who are struggling to put food on the table, are struggling to pay their rents. And I want to help them to get work. And that starts by fixing our National Health Service so that people whose lives are on hold, because they're waiting for appointments, scans, operations, that they can get better and get back into work. And if the government are serious about getting more people back into work, they need to get serious about fixing the crisis in our National Health Service. And
1: the level of benefit payments matter enormously to some of those people that you mentioned there. And, of course, we should remind our viewers that many, many people on working-age benefits also have jobs. Benefits are often the top-ups for them. absolutely the
4: case. And I was actually um, in a place where you wouldn't expect there
1: to be food banks, in
4: um, in, in Croydon, um, on the edge of the sort of Surrey border, the south of Croydon in Purley last week. And people there who are having to access food banks because their rents have gone up so much that they are now struggling to both pay that rent and put food on the table. These are harrowing stories of people in work
1: who now are struggling to support their families. But on families. those benefit payments that go to lots of people who have jobs, do you think that benefits should continue to rise, as is tradition, with the level of inflation from September? Yes, I do. And if you win the election and you inherit a situation where they have gone up by a lower level, would you reverse that and do a top-up?
4: Well, look, the election is likely to come in a, a year's time, and the government would have already uh, implemented that. But in government, uh, I will uh, use the inflation rate that is traditional, the September inflation, to uprate uh, uh, benefits. So and that's something that happens, I commit you to. you would always in, commit to, in to using the September. I, I think that's the right thing to do. If you pick and choose. Uh, from year to year, which inflation number is uh, the cheapest thing to do, then what you see is the gradual erosion of people's uh, incomes.
0: Phillips asked Reeves about reports that the government may announce cuts to inheritance tax. Reeves disagreed with the policy, suggesting such a cut would benefit less than 4% of estates. However... She said the government had raised taxes 25 times since 2019 and she had opposed Sunak when he tried to raise national insurance. Reeves told Phillips she would support tax cuts for working people if they were affordable.
3: Uh, Rachel Reeves, um, the Chancellor told me this morning that he is determined at some point to bring down uh, taxes uh, and I guess he'll want to do that before the next election. Um, there's a lot of talk about, for example, cuts in inheritance tax. If they were to do that, would you maintain that?
4: Uh, Well, it's great to be on your show, Trevor. Let's see what they do next week. But we are in the middle of a massive cost of living crisis and cutting inheritance tax, which benefits less than 4% of estates each year, that seems an unusual way to tackle the scale of the cost of living crisis that we have right now. On the other hand, I make no apology for wanting taxes on working people to be lower. Ever since Rishi Sunak, when he was chancellor, tried to raise national insurance, I said that was the wrong approach, especially when people are struggling with rising bills, uh, rising food prices, etc. And so the... This government, since 2019, have raised taxes 25 times. We have now have the highest tax burden in 70 years. And so lower taxes on working people, if the government can explain where the money is going to come from, that is something that I would support.
0: And finally, after the Supreme Court ruled the government's Rwanda policy unlawful this week, Sunak announced plans to present a full law to Parliament to get around the Supreme Court's decision, or at least to try to. Hunt told Laura Koonsberg the government would do whatever it takes to put its plan in motion. Koonsberg asked the Chancellor if that meant possibly leaving the European Convention on Human Rights, as wished for by some on the right of the party. Hunt said the government didn't want to do that, but implied it would be an option if other measures fail. You use the phrase there,
1: whatever it takes. And I noted this week that Rishi Sunak also said, whatever it takes. Does that include, if you really mean it, leaving the European Convention of Human Rights, which some of your colleagues want, like the former Home Secretary, Suella Braverman.
2: Well, we don't believe at this stage that that is necessary. But because people like you are asking the question, what we are saying is that in the end, and Rishi Sunak said this very clearly, it must be Parliament, elected representatives in Parliament, not foreign judges, who decide who can come to this so country. So that
1: is an option for you? We
2: Don't believe it will come to that at this stage. Um, We think there are ways that we can avoid that. We don't want to do that. But in the end, our bottom line is very clear. It is elected representatives in Parliament who should make these decisions.
0: That's all for this week. I'm Katie Balls, and this podcast was produced by Joe Bedell Brill. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes Store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our Daily Evening Blend email. It's a free roundup for all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening, and do join us again next week.